very likely to be amateur hour the next, uh, well, however long we do this. I am very excited uh, for this guest. She used to do radio, and the reason I say that it's amateur hour, I don't know if you remember how to do this thing. I don't. I, uh, is this, I'm speaking into the microphone yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Do, okay. Do you feel uh-huh. naked without headphones? I, no, actually, I didn't. I never liked headphones. Really? I always thought that was very artificial. It is. Uh, so I, I like being... Uh, Unheadphoned or de-headphoned or yeah, yeah. Naked ears. I like it. I like uh, it. That familiar voice is the voice of Mary Beth Zolik, <laughs> former uh, host where I used to work, where you used to work. work yeah. And now yeah. you're legally allowed to come and be on the podcast. Yeah, I'm uh, footloose and fancy free. We'll uh, uh, we'll get to the fun stuff like lions. Oh gosh. Tigers. And, and Pistons? Uh, yeah, just put a stake in my heart and do, all of those. Do we need to ask you Michigan football, too? Yo, sure, why not? Go ahead. <laughs> Bring it all on. That'll be the fun stuff. That'll be the real pain and the real yes, agony. Yes, Forget about all the cancer you've been through. All your <laughs> right, teams right. are awful. They're all, every one of them. Um, every one of them. I wanted you to come in because it's it is sport, it's sports season, uh, but you told me that you're going to be part of the... I always, can, I always flip-flop the two. Me, too. Lymphoma and Leukemia or Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Light the Night Walk? The Leukemia Lymphoma Society Night. See, I get those Light backwards the night. too. It's, it's Light a, the it's, Night it's, Night. Yes. You, so you're going to be a part of that. Are you the MC or the host? No, no, just just a contributor. Okay. Uh, you know, want to tell my story, get people excited, go on out there, have a great time down at Promenade Park, October 14th, Sunday. Get there between 5 and 6, have some food and whatever. Bring your kids, lots of fun things, and then uh, help those of us who are thriving and surviving and all those things celebrate where we are. Uh, take time to think about the people who haven't had as good of success as, say, I have and maybe some others, and um, uh, be there as a support system for those of us who still need a lot of people out there raising money to help fight the cause and fight cancer. October 14th. Yes. At, at- at night, it's at a, night, it's a unique walk, and and there, I think there's there's glow sticks, or do they release get, lighted balloons? You get those big um, lanterns, the okay. Chinese lanterns, and they're in different colors depending upon who you're walking for, whether you're walking for yourself, and you know, five thousand people with all that lit up, right? Walking around Promenade Park is a pretty cool event to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you don't even have to finish the walk if you don't want to. Right. I don't know that I've ever finished a walk. Yeah. I, I go out and I walk a little bit and I talk. It's more of a social thing yep. and more of a support thing. Agreed. So, That's um, what I tell people for like uh, the Out of the Darkness walk that I, I host is eight days prior to that. And there's a walk. Uh, we, we used to be at International Park and it would go around the restaurants, but now we're over at Promenade. And it's a walk, but yeah, it's a support system. You, it's, right. You know, anybody that suffers from anything always feels like they're the only person that's absolutely up, and it's great to go out to these things and go oh hey like you had that and then yeah you relate with these people and it and it picks your mood up yep it's all you know and it's things like who's your doctor and where where was your treatment and how long was it and you know so many and you can learn a lot you really can learn a lot from other people who say you know make sure you check out this and make sure you ask your doctor about this so uh, it's not only to just show your colors, as it were, because I think the colors are white, gold, and red for the lanterns. Okay. And uh, but it's also an opportunity to just come out and meet other people going through a lot of the same things you are, and you really feel like I'm not alone, and that's key. So I remember when I started um, in 2013, you were uh, you were frail. I was, yeah. And I was, I was like, what, "What's what's going on?" Yeah. Obviously, I can figure it out. It's cancer. But then somebody explained your situation, and they were like, "She's going to be great," and you were she, not. We're not. Well, <laughs> that was the first. That was the, yeah. That was, that was my one. first bout with it, and things were good. Chemotherapy worked like a charm, and I thought, "Okay, I'm done. Done this cancer thing. Let's move on." But cancer is a. Uh, can I say, can I use bastard on a podcast? You can use any word you want. Cancer is a sneaky bastard. Insidious. Um, yes, it's just, you can't trust it. You know, I, I just saw an interview with Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, her third time. I know. And and this one has been very long, like 10, 15 years maybe. And you just say, wow. When you make it that far, you'd like to be able to think, okay, I'm beyond, I'm done. But it's uh, it's just, it's 
like you said, an insidious disease that we need to do something about for any kind of cancer for anybody anywhere. I like to call you cancer's worst enemy because you've beaten it twice now. Twice now. I know. And, uh, so it, you're in remission. Is you're in remission? I am. Yeah, you or can say gone? remission. I, right now, I'm cancer free. Okay. I never say cured because right. I, you know, I just don't trust that word enough yet. But I've been cancer free for two years. And my uh, various oncologists here in Toledo and at the Cleveland Clinic are very happy about that. And so I've been doing podcasts for the Cleveland Clinic. I'm going on, uh, on a sort of a seminar roundtable. I've been invited by a drug company to come out to uh, Wyoming, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, for a weekend to Ooh. talk. About, yeah. Yeah. The hot town of Wyoming. Well, you know, it's funny. It's an Italian drug company. And when they first called me and I went, an Italian drug company? Are we going to Italy? Is that, you want me to go to Italy to talk about this? I said, no, we think we're going to keep it here in the States and they'll send their representatives oh. over and you're going to go to Jackson Hole, which I, is a lovely place. It's in the Grand Tetons. And uh, near Yellowstone, and it's supposed to be, like, I've heard from a couple of people, oh, my favorite place in the world. But you were this close to Sicily. I know. <laughs> I was, I was, oh, yes. If I had my choices, I'd probably still pick Italy, but this is going to be lovely. I have a nephew who lives there, so we're going to do some family time, and, and I'm going to talk about all that I went through with uh, uh, my second time around with cancer and having the need for a clinical trial. Well, we're going to do, we're gonna, that's what we're going to do here on this very popular podcast. So is it leukemia, leukemia or lymphoma? What did you- I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. So I, I think it was your partner, the only thing that's off limits here are the people that we used to work with. I don't say their names. Okay. Um, your uh, your former partner told me, I, I think, and I don't know if it was the second time you got it, um, but when you got it the first time, they went with like the standard... Standard of care, chemotherapy. As opposed to the more aggressive kind because they figured that standard of care stuff would just take care of it and you'd be good. Right. But then the motherfucker came back. Wow, you can use that word? It's awesome. There's okay. no commercials. <laughs> we can curse. We're not regulated by the FCC. <laughs> nobody tell, Nobody comes here and says, you know what? You went a little long on that podcast. I'm going to need you to cut that down by 30 seconds. This is... This it's is great. Just, it is. It's this awesome. is really beyond words. Um, yes, so it came back. And uh, my standard of care, which was a stem cell transplant, did not work. So uh, this was 2016 sometime? Yes, Correct. In, Let's do the. Uh, do you remember the the month when? Uh, yes, I was diagnosed in like January, February of 2016, and then I started a rather rigorous course of getting prepared for a stem stem cell transplant, uh, which occurred in May of that year, and in July of that year, the um, CT PET scan showed my cancer hadn't budged an inch; it was still there. So then I really did panic because there were no options. I mean, I just tell, didn't know what I was going to do. Tell me how distraught you were. I was very distraught. I mean, I was actually thinking of my own demise and how would I, how do I, how do you tell your children that? How do you share that with your husband that this could be my undoing? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at a point now where we've tried everything else and the very last thing isn't working. And it was very, very frightening and terrifying, but mostly because I worried about the other people's reaction to it. You sure. know, I have three children in their 20s, and their life is just kind of getting started, and I didn't want to miss any of that. Uh, they're, they're, if they weren't my children, I would like them as young adults. I, I think I would seek them out as friends uh, if, if they weren't my children. But luckily, I like them and love them. And I I didn't want to miss what's going on in their lives. Of course. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And my husband was retired, and I was thinking about retirement before this all came down on me. And, uh, you know, we had plans to do a lot of different things together, travel mostly. Uh, so I just wasn't ready to cash it in. I remember you had also told me at some point, you were the kind of person, uh, and I had mentioned and, and written before that when my mom passed away in 2015, I somehow stumbled into you being this big sports fan, and we, we connected instantly in that, like two year, two plus years after I'd started working there. And you told me you're, you're one of these people that has a National League team along with their, their <laughs> local team. Oh, and, yeah. And, and the Red Sox, right? Right. Well, because my husband's a Red Sox fan, so... But you like the Cubs, too, right? I do. So also in that year, yes. like you could not die before you saw no. World Series. Right, right. And so now, 
a bit even bigger burden. I'm I'm stuck with the Lions, and oh, I we'll get a, to that. Which we'll I've to... never seen a championship in my lifetime. Now, if they play like they did Monday night, oh, that, they gosh. might kill you. They might that kill was, all of us. I might kill them <laughs> <laughs> because so, so dreadful. You, you were at 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 as distraught as you could possibly be. Yes. Um. What what was the first glimmer of hope? Did you get a phone call? You talked about the clinical trial. Right. Um, first, there are a couple of things fell into place for me. I initially went to, I, you know, I'd heard of clinical trials, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything about them. I thought they were for people on their deathbed, that when there's nothing else that works, they'll put you in a clinical trial. I now know that's not true. They use clinical trials each and every day on people who are going through a lot of different things, not just cancer, but um, you can be reasonably healthy and still be in a clinical trial because they learn from that. They any time they can learn from that. So I said, I need to maybe find a clinical trial. Maybe that will be my savior. So how do I do that? What do you do? Google. Well, you do. <laughs> Clinicaltrials.gov. Yeah, there you and go. And there's gobs of them, pages and pages for all different kinds of things. You just plug in your illness and pages and pages of clinical trials specifically for you come up. Now, for the ordinary person like me, you look at these things and you go, well, how do I know which one to choose? Right. That's kind of, some of them have different components. There's a lot of math and chemistry involved and it was way over my head. So I had to start calling in some experts. So I actually went to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society website and luckily they have a clinical trials navigator with a phone number you can call. That's awesome. And actually talk to a person which is great for me. I don't like to have to text all the details of my illness. I'd rather just give somebody that information over the phone and then they tell me what to do. And luckily I found a person. Her name is Peg. You know, I've never met her, but we're on a first name basis. And she said, I'm going to send you the clinical trials I think specifically apply to your illness. She said, I can't choose it for you, but you can go through it and find the one that's nearest to you. So I did. There was one in U of M. There was one in Detroit. There was one at the Cleveland Clinic, one in Chicago. I mean, I looked as far afield as Dana-Farber in Boston, uh, Tampa, Florida, and I started calling all of these or emailing anybody who had any connection to these trials saying, I think I might qualify. Can you help me make the next step? And uh, a couple places called me back and talked me through it. Uh, I actually was already a patient at U of M because of my stem cell transplant. Mm-hmm. I contacted them. They had the cl- clinical trial, but it was already closed. Okay. I was I missed it by weeks. Did you, feel you know, like, did you feel like you were like going after a job. Really, I I think getting into Harvard would have been easier <laughs> for me than getting into a clinical trial. Um, so then I said, okay, if not U of M, let me talk to the people in Detroit. I went to Carmanos in Detroit. Uh, I talked to my local oncologist. He said he knew someone at the Cleveland Clinic, place to call for me. I had an uh, appointment the following week, and pretty soon they put me on a list, and they said, Mary Beth, you're number three on the list. And I went, okay, that's not bad. And then they called me the next week, you're number two on the list. Mm. And then the next week they called me and said, you're number one on the list. At this point, where had your health deteriorated to? I have never had a symptom in my life. Mm. I wasn't feeling anything. I was only going on PET scans and CT scans alone. That has to that be hard as like a just a person to reason. I feel great. Right. I'm going to die. Like, right. At least if you feel like shit. Right. Like, you it go. May, it may, like one plus one equals two. Right. But in this case, one plus one no. equals one. Yeah. That was that was really hard because I'm like, my body is betraying me. Right. I feel like I can, you know, do whatever I need to do or have been doing. What what What's going on inside of me? Mm-hmm. What, what, what What's happening there? So, yeah, that was very hard. It's very hard. I, you know, I, I imagine it's very hard for people who don't feel good. You're right. They just go, oh, wow, this is, but okay, give me the treatment because maybe this will help me feel better. But I knew at that point the treatment was going to make me feel worse. Right. So there is that point when you're signing off on the consent form and you read all the things that could happen to you. You say, wow, I I could die from this too. What was all that like? That was very daunting. It was a 30-page consent form, and that included even the possibility of my family having to make arrangements for um, 
the drug company to have access to my autopsy results. When you read that, you just go, right. wow. This is one thing when I'm dealing with it, but now the thought process of my family having to deal with it in case this clinical trial goes horribly wrong, it, very daunting, overwhelming almost. But then, you know, you say, I, I, I'm, my back's against the wall. I have no choice. Mm-hmm. I have to go through the treatment because I need to, you know, I, I need to take my chances. Yeah. And so that's what I did and turned out so far anyway. All is good. Oh, we're not done. We're still walking through this. Like <laughs> okay. I said, we can do this for, for uh, forever, huh? Wow. Oh, we're gonna take a commercial break. Hold on, let me do the tease correctly, so I get you to listen to after the commercials, okay. right? Okay, gotcha. And, and talk about the contest that's coming up that no one's gonna try to play, right? That too. I, I'm here. Can I play? <laughs> no, you. Uh, no, you can't. Okay. Um. Okay. So you get into the clinical trial. Yes. And what's that like? And by the way, I think all this is helpful because, like you told me, like. Everybody knows cancer. We know we all know it too well. But the fact that you can get someone to be like a counselor to get you into a clinical trial or clinicaltrials.gov, yeah. I didn't know that. No, people, and that's my, my biggest takeaway from all of this is for anyone out there, no matter what you have, you've got to be your own advocate. Even doctor, I mean, even my local oncologist wasn't aware of all the clinical trials. It, he just, he does a lot of different cancers, not just hematology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he can't possibly know what's specific to me in terms of clinical trials, nor did I expect him to. All I was asking of him, do you know someone who might be at one of these locations who can help me? Right. Okay. A lot of people, I don't know if they'll take that step. And you really have to. You really, you need to find somebody, first of all, who's pretty good on the computer and can help you find some of these things. And then you need to gather up all the information, take them to your doctor and say, if you're not the person, get me to the person who can decipher this for me. So your health being in a good place at this point at least allowed you to do this. Yes. Where my mom wouldn't get out. My mom couldn't get out of bed. She couldn't be her own advocate. So... But in this case, you having your health was fortunate because right. you could power through right. this. Why is my body doing this to right. make the phone calls? So in the in the clinical trial, what was asked of you? Well, you know, they what they basically do is they take out a goodly number of T cells, which are blood cell uh, blood cells. Mm-hmm. They take them out of your system through a, a, a central line in your chest, and uh, then they send them off to a clinic where they're beefed up. They puff them up and get them all crazy and warrior-like, and they just want to come back and fight. They want to find cancer and just kill it. But while they're doing that, when they, when they bring those cells back and reinfuse them or infuse them back into your system, they go after a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, they tell you in the side effects. You could have neurological issues. You could have... Uh, gastrointestinal issue. I mean, name anything in your body. It's possible the T cells could somehow affect that. Is this the immunotherapy? Yes. Okay. This Absolutely. is. I, I learned about this with my mom. She wasn't eligible. I, I've told you this story, but I tell it for the podcast. Uh, she was not eligible for the trial for. I believe the drug was Opdivo, oh. which I think. Uh, hit the market shortly after she passed sometime in 2015 but she was eligible for that trial for for lung cancer but you had to be able to walk like 50 yards a day and something else and and she was unable to so she couldn't get into that trial but i had educated myself about it and there was something in in 60 minutes that i saw uh but i think that might have been separate but learning about immunotherapy Mm -hmm. you're right it's like they take your your cells out of you they put them on steroids and i remember them saying that my mom was not strong enough in her weakened state where like they could put these cells back in there and and like you said they they kill the cancer but they could also make your heart explode too right because your body's not used to having having something like so nuclear and pumped up in you and it's like you implode. Your body collapses from the inside. It's funny because a clinical trial, and unfortunately for your mom, you have to be just sick enough, right. but not too sick. Yeah. Because what you said is absolutely true. They, they, they infuse those back into your system, and your system goes, what is right. going on here? Nope, shutting down. Yeah. Going to shut down the pancreas, going to shut down the liver, going to shut down the kidney, kidneys. Can't deal with these T-cells. It kills the bad uh, stuff, and it kills the good stuff. Sometimes. I mean, some- it kind of goes after those things, possibly. And so then they're, they prepare you and your spouse and your family for the side effects. 
and we can de- we'll deal with those. We will deal with those. Um, and if we can't deal with those, then it's possible you could die from this treatment. So that's why I say it was very daunting for my husband and I to make the decision, do I want to do this or don't I want to do this? Did, I Did they give you like a percentage? Yes. It was like 60 in favor, 50 not so good. As opposed to zero. Right. Right? You're right. Yeah. I mean, I know that's daunting. You know, it is, but you go, I'll, I'll take my chances with 60%. Yeah. I'll take my Over chances. zero? Yeah. Right. Right. So, so what was, what did you, like, I know you couldn't go outside. Like, you couldn't be around people, Yeah, it right? totally whacks. And my immune system is still very goofy. It goes up and down. And, uh, you know, my doctor says, like, it's weird stuff. Like, when I go out... I don't ever drink anything out of a dispenser, like Coke out of a dispenser. I always ask, what do you have in a bottle or a can? Mm -hmm. Um, And if I uh, go somewhere where they have soft ice cream, I ask if they have hard ice cream. I don't take it out of a dispenser most of the time because it's just you don't want to run the risk of getting any kind of infection because, like I said, my immune system, my red blood count, my white blood count, my platelets, all these various things you do when you go for a simple blood test are usually very low. And uh, so I have to be very careful about certain things. And I try to, but I also want to live my life. Right. So when they tell me I can't have soft ice cream and I'm somewhere and everybody's having it, I'll have it and I say I'll take my chances. And you know what? How clean are those bottles anyway? Yeah. uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So you had a weakened immune system. Did you, what what were some other side effects during the immunotherapy? Well, when I first was infused with the T cells, and this was on uh, January 1st, 2017, and nothing happened. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing happened for a whole week. Nothing happened. Like you didn't feel anything? Or nothing. There was nothing I on didn't, any scans? Th- nothing was going on. They were checking me. Actually, I, I take that back. I, I I had the infusion on December 27th. Okay. And then on January, on December 31st, I called my husband and said, good night, happy new year. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. You were at the Cleveland Clinic? I was at the Cleveland Clinic. By yourself? By myself. He was here in Toledo. But he was coming the next day for New Year's Day. And uh, the next day, New Year's Day, he got a phone call at 6 o'clock in the morning. Mr. Smith, we need you to come to Cleveland Clinic. Um, your wife is experiencing some side effects, and you might want to be here. So he, right away, you know, gets in the car, and he's driving. You might want to be here. Yeah, you might want to be here. Translation for she might be dead by the time you get here. Well, she's experiencing a side effect. We think we have it under control, but you might want to be here. Mm. And what had happened is I had gone into sort of a catatonic state. I just sort of checked out. My neurological system went, whoa, what's going on here? And I just, I was laying in the bed, eyes open, looking at the ceiling, but unresponsive. Did you know that you No, I don't have any recollection of any of that. I just remember saying goodnight to him. And that was it? Went to bed and woke up two days later. Holy shit. And looked at him and said, oh, happy new year. And he went, no, you missed the new year. The new year was yesterday. So- yeah. No, nothing had happened until then? Nothing had happened until then. I went a whole week with nothing. No, nothing had changed in any of my blood work. Nothing had changed. You know, my blood pressure was still the same. My heart rate. It was as though I said to the nurse, it's not working, is it? It's not working. Nothing is happening. And she said, you know, we don't know. It's a clinical trial. You just right. have to, we, we, we're very patient and we'll just, we'll wait and see. And boom, stuff happened. And... um so then after that, my, um, I was very weak. I was in bed for a couple of days. I had to be in ICU for a couple of days because my blood, blood pressure got dangerously low. Things were just going really weird in my system from all of this. And, uh, but then like a week later, they discharged me from the hospital and said, go home and rehab. And they put me in rehab to get my strength back up and uh, tried to get my strength back up. I got to... Uh, I got to get a, a marijuana um, mm. prescription and didn't do a darn thing. Really? I was very, very disappointed. It didn't do anything. Have you ever it smoked didn't. it before? You know, I think <laughs> once when I was in college. I'm not really much of a smoker. Right. So that way of doing anything never appealed to me. Right. I, I preferred a nice stiff drink me instead. Too. Um, so it just, yeah, just a lot of things were going on. I, I lost a lot of weight. I lost about 35 pounds. Um, cause I just, I wasn't eating, I wasn't moving around. I was really 
very debilitated for a very long time, a very long time. But it was working? Yes. Every CT scan I went for every three months, PET scan, CT scan showed no sign of cancer, no sign of cancer. So the trade-off was like, okay, I'm weak and debilitated. Occasionally I need a blood transfusion. Sometimes I need my platelets boosted with... um, uh, New Lasta, you've seen the commercial on TV where they okay. put the thing on your arm and send you home, and the next day it gives you your dosage. Uh, every so often I had to do that just in order to keep my immune system somewhere within close to normal range, although my new normal is not normal right. anymore. Um, and it took a long time. It took almost six months to eight months to nine months. I mean, I wasn't really back to normal till almost like the holidays last year where I felt like I could go and we we actually took a family trip to see other family in Rhode Island for Christmas and that was my goal I want to go to Rhode Island for Christmas we came to see you in like the in, fall, I think, or summer? No, it was like July. It was July. It was okay. shortly after stuff happened. And okay. you moved into the new house. Right, right. And you seemed good. It seemed like you had turned a corner and you were in the stretch run. Did I look good? Because yeah. I know a lot of people have said how different I look today compared to how I looked, uh, let's say, a year and a half ago, or I, even a year ago. I, I got the sense from you that you felt like you had turned a corner and like you saw the finish line. Yeah, I think I was thinking, okay, I've had now two, three CT scans and they all showed there's no cancer, no evidence of cancer. And I was thinking, okay, we just now we just need to get my system back to normal. Right. And that's pretty much where I've been since then. Let me ask about the scans. Uh, so from the first time to this, from the first time they scanned it with this whole trial thing to the second time, uh, like in that three-month period, did it go away completely or completely. did it just shri- Wow. Complete response is the way they term it. Complete response. And you can have a partial response, and they would have been very happy with that, as would I have been, because that would have m- made me eligible for yet another T-cell infusion. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, if the first one is partial, at least I can do this again. Why, why you would want to. I mean, it's so daunting, but you go, at least I could do this again, and maybe that would completely take care of it. First time out, the doctor came in and said, complete response, Mary Beth. It's, That's miraculous. It is miraculous. Why? Truly miraculous. Why do, why I guess colloquially, why commonly do we not say that we, we've beaten cancer? And I know that it takes some lives, but when we have something like this immunotherapy now, and I know that it could come back. Absolutely. But man, it it the fact that it just went away. Yeah, it's is, not there. Is stunning. Yes, it is. It's ha- remarkable. It's um, uh, I'm 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 often at a loss for words to describe why it worked for me. Uh, you know, sixty percent of the cases, yes, but fifty. You know, forty uh, percent of the cases, not sure. so much. Now, was did it not work, or did it kill those people? Do you know? That I don't know. That I don't know. And I don't know if maybe some of them had a partial response and mm-hmm. that was as good as they were going to get. Uh, you know, I really don't know. The The drug companies aren't really forthcoming with letting you know what, right. what happened to other patients. They don't. The drug company doesn't even often let me know. You know, I would like to know, are there T-cells still in my system? Mm-hmm. Um, because they did a... And they have to come up with a better word for a spinal tap. That Those are two words that should never be put in the same sentence. What would you but, call it? Um, uh, just fiddling around with your your back, trying to get some some fluid fluid out that of it. Yeah, work. that doesn't spinal? work either, and it's way too long and involved. Maybe but, they um, tried that, and they're like, "How about spinal tap?" <laughs> I was like, "Ooh." Uh, so you know, they took uh, quite a bit of my spinal fluid, sent it off to a lab somewhere initially to see if indeed I did even have T cells that were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were. The, because it's a clinical trial, they don't even know how long the T cells stay beefed up and pumped up and continue to do what they need to do. Right. Um, so I would like to know that, but that information I'm not privy to, and I, do, I don't know how to go about getting that information because when I talk to the folks at the Cleveland Clinic, they don't know it either. Who is the drug company? Do you know? Uh, yes. It's um, now that you kite. Well, I would suggest you either buy them or get a job there. It's probably the only way you'll <laughs> yeah, get access to your Yeah, I'd have to, to be own... working on the inside somewhere trying to get my 
my information and just saying, you know, well, what else do I need to know? What other things can I do? So um, how how standard of care is that immunotherapy now for, for leukemia and what you had and maybe other cancers as well? As of last fall, it is now standard of care for the type of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma I have had and also for um, certain types of children's leukemia where the success rate is like 90%. Great. Um, so it is now an option that you can say to your doctor, I have, for example, I have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, large B-cell. I don't think I want to do the stem cell. I think I might like to go right to the to uh, doing the CAR-T, it's called, C-A-R-T. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if they give you that option. You know, they still like to work with the standard of care process, but at least you know it's an option at some mm-hmm. point if you need it. And you don't have to go through kind of the dog and pony show I did in order to get into a trial. Right, because it's like anything. It's part of care now. Right, like, right. You, you just a- need to find a, a place that can do it. I mean, they're not doing them here in Toledo. You'd have right. to probably go to U of M or Cleveland Clinic or Carmanos in Detroit. Uh, or or are there out Pittsburgh, places like that, MD Anderson, uh, places that had been working with it anyway mm-hmm. and know how to deal with the side effects. And But yes, you can, I, I'm, I imagine you can ask, can I be considered for that? There was something, I think we probably, maybe we discussed it in one of our coffee talks, but I remember it was like in January of 2015 or so, maybe February, I had seen this uh um, the 60 minutes thing. And what they did was, it was a girl or a, a couple of individuals who had massive brain tumors. And I think they injected polio. Okay, into them. yes, a polio vaccine. Talk about this so I don't botch it. No, that's it exactly. They're, I'm, that's still, I think, being used in clinical trial, and they're still looking at that. But the polio vaccine can do something with cancer. And I think it was and even it was it even had strands of polio and I might be botching this the science of it, but it was stunning, kind of like your scans where they show this and granted. I mean it's sixty minutes, but it's not, you know, uh entertainment or over the top right, TV. Right. These people had like literally more parts of their brain with dark tumors than than brain matter. And they they showed the scans over a very reasonable period of time. They were gone yeah and i think they said something along the lines of the polio vaccine or polio and because like we don't get those vaccinations anymore because we've beaten it Mm -hmm. now when it's injected into our body our body has been built up to fight it so it activates certain things and that's what made the tumors i mean it was the most stunning science i've ever heard of right and then i fell up i've heard about you know immunotherapy and opdivo and what you got and like it's the first time that cancer is ever this closely connected to me with my mom, so that's why I'm more familiar with it. But it seems like the scientific advances we've had in the last couple of years are stunning and, and life-saving to so many people. I, you know, I say to myself and anyone else, I say the idea behind me being such a fighter is whatever happens to me, I just want to stay alive long enough for the next treatment, which they seem to be happening Every couple of months, you hear about something new that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now they're, well, well, it isn't only immunotherapy. There's all kinds of things they're doing out there that you just go, wow, I, if I just wait long enough, if I can just hang on long enough, maybe we will totally beat a lot of cancers. Um, there, I mean, cancer is a multi-headed thing, and there are yeah. so many different types it, and, and whatnot. It's but, in all of our bodies, and, and, and then it gets activated. Right. right. Right, or, or that's that's what they say. That just seems weird to me. That mm-hmm. it, why some and not others. But um, you know, when when my friend says to me, Marybeth, what do you think? You know, did you ever ask the doctor why he thought you got? And I said, yeah, the answer is always the same. My wiring, for whatever reason, right, made me susceptible because mm-hmm. I don't have any of this in my family. I don't have any cancer in my family. Um, my my father had bladder cancer once, but it was a tumor. They removed it. That was it. Uh, my mom, no, nothing. Uh, I had aunts and uncles who died from lung cancer young, but they were smokers. Right. So I always attribute it to that. Uh, so yeah, it was just, it was very, I don't know why me. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I, God forbid, I don't whenever have to ask that question. I'm, I'm like, my, I'm mentally racked by having this stomach thing. I think I have an ulcer. 
and it it feels like I'm it feels like a death sentence. And you don't want to do anything about it because you don't want to know. No, 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 no. Okay, no, I scan all that stuff. And, all right. And had I not been on the medication I am now, I'd be like, look, it's stomach cancer. You probably just want to cut it all out right now. Yeah. Like no scan, just take it out. Yeah. But it's just like I don't I don't do well with medical issues. I I used to be much worse, but like the fact that I haven't I haven't had coffee in six days. I haven't killed anybody either, which is, you know, a testament to my... I say, no coffee in no six coffee, days? No coffee, no alcohol. And are you feeling better? A little bit. And I have and I hope the medications are... But I'm just a very bad, sick person. So okay. I don't ever want to get cancer. But every time, like, I fill out my family history when I go to a doctor, nope. Nothing. Don't have that. I, I, I don't think have that. my dad's mom might have had cancer, but um, she was so old she was in her late 80s like at that point you either get cancer or uh, like Parkinson's right something or Alzheimer's or, just, yeah the, the humans weren't meant to live that long right um, I don't know if I ever told you in relation to my mom like I think part of the reason she smoked for so long which must have been 50 years and she didn't take care of herself either or eat healthy until it was too late but my grandmother her mom Harriet Smoked must have been 70 plus years. Wow. And lived well into her 80s. And I do believe that she had lung cancer. But at that point, uh, she was, you know, had lived a long, long life. We should, yeah. we should all hope to live into our mid to late 80s. So it, it is fascinating how our family lineage, lineage can scare the bejesus out of us and how we get what we get from, from our parents and whatnot. Yes. And I, it's, it's wild where medicine... I mean, remember the video game Oregon Trail? No. I'm not a video game person. It was a computer either. game like okay. in the 80s. And it, you were like a, a, a farmer, a, a person on the land walking on the Oregon Trail. And it, it Sounds was, like I would like it. It's okay. A, it's a fun little computer game. And there's, there's even internet jokes now that you would like... <laughs> One of the most common ways you would die playing the game was you got dysentery. Oh, okay. So this is like 150 years ago, like pioneer settlers. Yeah. There is no more dysentery. No. Like you don't get it. And we're talking just like a small fragment of of human time, like 100 years. So many diseases have been, have been completely eradicated. Yep. It's fascinating to me. Like, As well it should be because it's, it's very heartening. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hoping that in my lifetime... We will see a time where you go, cancer is just one of those chronic things we, we deal with and we have like ways diabetes. Of, yeah, absolutely. You got cancer? All right, yep. well, I need you in here every six weeks. We're going to shoot you up. We've and, got some pills and... and uh, still going to yeah. bother you, but over, you're going to be fine. Right, right. I spoke to a, a friend of mine, um, uh, Nick Comives, city councilman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick and I had coffee a couple of weeks ago and we had we had brought up the subject of, of AIDS and how like infrequent it is for someone to get full-blown AIDS anymore. And it's fascinating. Granted, granted, all of our eyes and attention are on the, the opioid epidemic and all the deaths that causes. Meanwhile, we might have, like, solved AIDS. Uh, it, I mean, we haven't, but we've got HIV under control. Right. It's And this is, like, that was the thing they taught when I was a kid in elementary school in the in the 80s. Like, AIDS, AIDS, you know? It's gay people and black right. and all these minorities. Like, what? And it was, it was like... The biggest thing when my dad gave me the talk about sex was AIDS. Wow. All that stuff. Wow. It, it was like at the height of that. And 15, 20 years later, it's like we've we've got this under control. It's stunning. Yeah. Yeah. So you're feeling great? You're feeling good? I am. I am. I absolutely. Yep. I, uh, you know, I can't, I can't run a mile. Um, I can, can I. walk a mile. Uh, yeah. Um, and there are still some things I, you know, I need to get back and I need to do some strength training and stuff like that. But my appetite is back with a vengeance. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the things, the activities that I had done before that I enjoyed. And yeah, uh, life is good. Life is really good. It's, I guess, somewhat poetic. Because the reason you could be here is because you no longer work over there. Um <laughs> And, and I don't work anywhere. Right. Yeah. And I, I wonder, would you still be working if not for all of this? No, I think uh, I think I was headed toward retirement okay. anyway, just because my husband had been retired for mm-hmm. uh, quite a few years before me, and we were ready to get on with that part of our lives. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't thinking I was going to be in radio for a whole lot longer. Um, you, not that I... Do I miss it? Yeah. You know, I miss the listeners a lot. 
because you learn so much from them. They're so funny. Uh, I, I miss that part of it. And I, I love still when I go somewhere, I'm out shopping, I'm at the dollar store, and somebody comes up to me and says, Mary Beth, I miss you. And I'm like, wow, you know, uh, apparently I had a career well spent. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, what more can you ask of life when you've got, uh, I have a great husband. We've been married almost 30 years. We have three wonderful, healthy, good children who are doing fantastic things. And I had a career that I loved, Mm -hmm. that I loved. Um, But, you know, it was time to do some other things. Do some other things. I just have to figure out what those other things are now that I'm feeling better. And you and I have talked about that. You know, what volunteer things do oh, I want yeah. to do? Did you ever do? call my friend? No, I did not. Okay. I, I appreciate that you sent me that information, and I'm going to look into some things. But I have to also keep in mind, like, I would lo- my, my daughter, our daughter, our oldest, is a teacher. And I would love to volunteer in her class. But, you know classrooms with kids are breeding grounds for for illnesses so i can't really put myself in that setting just yet so but you know i i was thinking maybe um the museum or the um they look so the library (laughs) or uh maybe something with uh, the humane society because you know how i feel about dogs i know how you feel about dogs we love our doggies so So maybe like like something like that animals like dirty animals are okay well, they're not, so I have to give that some thought right. as well. Um, yeah, there's still things I, I have to be careful of, uh, but yeah, there are yeah there are things I can do. I know that. Like I'm 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 trying to help the Leukemia Lymphoma, Lymphoma Society as much as I can with their events that they're doing. When I say whenever you need somebody to come out and speak about it, tell my story. Happy to do that. Happy with helping with. Uh, Light the Night, happy to help next year with Man, Woman, um, Teen of the Year, where they select people. And and it's, you know, fundraisers, because really, uh, uh, these clinical trials, and uh, as you know, they're very expensive. Yeah, but they, I was going to ask you, but I figured a lot of it was like insurance and, and whatever not. But that didn't cost you, like, you didn't get any bills. I didn't right? get any bills for the clinical trial, right. but I did get bills for the mundane things that go along with it. Blood transfusions, uh, stuff like blood that. Blood work, things like that. Yeah. Yes, that's all on me. That's all on my insurance company. The CAR-T itself, the sending that away, the um, clinic where they they worked on it, having me be in the hospital for two weeks, um, that's, that's on the clinical trial. But now I have been hospitalized twice since the clinical trial for other things. That's on me because um, that one of them was a rotavirus. I'm very susceptible to those kind of things. A rotavirus? A rotavirus, What is yeah. that? Babies get it. It's <laughs> Yeah, and nothing horrible usually happens to them. But with me, they put me in the hospital right away, and I was there like for four or five days. What that so, that was, you know, thank goodness for insurance. Well, uh, yeah. Well, but it was still, there were still some things we grand? had. To, yeah, yeah, <sighs> yep. So, you know, those are kind of things where you go, yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to pay the hundreds of thousands of probably million for the clinical trial itself because right. it's very, very expensive. Yeah. But the little ancillary things do add up, and yeah, you're still responsible for those. So, But well worth it. Right. Well that, worth it. I'll take that $120 aspirin any day. Right, right. If you want to make, um, you make a lot of money, I think you know this by now, go open up a hospital. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> you know, I used to, when, well, even when I was going into the hospital the last time for the rotavirus, I said, can I bring my own medications? Because I know if I get them in the hospital, they're going to be way more expensive yep. than what I got at the yep. pharmacy. And they're, they're a little bit funny about that. You can't be bringing your own medications. You have to take whatever they're the doctor is ordering and the exact you know have you seen any i saw a a little bit frustrating do you watch any football games over the last like week or so like all of them okay did you see any promos i think it's on nbc for this new medical drama where it's this guy uh i think he's trying to fight back against the big cost of hospitals okay i I forget what it's called yeah me too i saw that too fascinated to see how that's gonna play out yeah yeah, that that will be very interesting. Maybe we can all learn something from mm. it and use it in our real life. Yeah. There were many a day where my husband usually was on the phone with the insurance company oh saying, this is not it. You know, and you know what it almost always came down to? A coding issue. Yes. 
It had not been coded correctly. Yes. You know, my wife's not supposed to be paying for these. These are part of the clinical trial. Is it possible somebody miscoded? Usually. And, yeah. I've in, I've dealt with that in the past where for instance like oh your birthday is 5979 not 5879 yeah well oh, that's the problem right right really yeah you gave me like an 872 dollar heart attack because you missed my birthday and a number on a keyboard yep i mean it 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 yeah um all right you had cancer twice you beat it let's talk about the fun stuff okay Let's Did you watch Lions game on Monday night? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I know you're not gonna believe this, but this is true. I predicted to my husband beforehand, I said, the this is the perfect storm for the Lions to get smacked upside <laughs> the head. This kid who we've never heard of will have the night of his life. Um, he will beat the Lions, and it will be a drubbing, and it will be so embarrassing because it's on the big stage, Monday night football, and that's exactly... And my, I mean, my husband said, honey, you're overthinking it. Okay, maybe this kid will have a great night. Darnell, is that his name? Sam Darnell, yeah. USC. Yeah, maybe he'll have a great night, but you know the Lions will still win. They're at home. It might the be Jets, ugly. It might be ugly. The Jets are a horrible team. Their record last year was horrible. This kid is not going to be their savior in one night. Well, whose prediction was right on that count? By the way, Mine. You know this, but I did tell it for people listening. There's nobody I'd rather talk sports with besides you in this entire area. I hate sports discussions because they're so irrational, but not with you. Well, I'm I'm a realist. I, I'm a fan, but I'm a realist. I have to say, I have having moved to Detroit in 99, so I have been in and around this area for, for a better part of the last 20 years, and there's only one game, and I've, I've watched so many lines, I followed them, I did sports talk radio in Detroit. There's only one other game Granted, the Lions have had some heartbreakers. I think, I think it was just a couple of years ago they kind of shit the bed against Baltimore and the Giants in back-to-back weeks, and they they missed the playoffs. There was a field goal here and there. Like, there's been games like that. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the was it the game with Aaron Rodgers where he threw up the oh, touchdown? The Hail Mary. Yeah, at the very there's end. There's like the like yeah, just, that happens. I, mm, but but it always happens. To I know. The Lions. But I'm talking about like like. Kids shouldn't watch this kind of beatings. <laughs> There's only one uh, like they they're uh, they, it's emotional torture, yeah. and I don't know. I really don't know. Don't know why people stick it out. But there's only one other game that I can remember like this because this was embarrassing. I cannot believe how much of the game did you watch? All of it. I cannot believe ushers, Detroit ushers, and maybe they were trying to send a message. You know, you're not allowed to move seats in in stadiums. Mm-hmm. That that's like an old thing. I can't believe they let all those Jets fans move so close to the yeah, field. Yeah, that was pretty weird. And did Jets chants? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was kind of wild. I was going to say, wow, they must have spent a lot of money for those tickets. Yeah, they weren't there um, early in the game. Because they were very visible yeah. and very vocal. And then at the end of the game, they were the only people there. Yeah. Because um, all the Lions fans had left with their heads hanging low once again, going, why, why do we do this week in and week out? Mm-hmm. We can't help ourselves. There's only one other game where I remember that was that embarrassing. And I want to say it was it was 2004 or 2000, Thanksgiving of 2004 or 2005. Okay. I believe they were a pretty lousy team, but they got annihilated by Peyton Manning on Thanksgiving. Okay. It was like a 54-7 to game. Do you remember that one? I don't specifically, okay. but it doesn't surprise me that yeah. it did happen. Yeah. That just, it was yeah. On of, the big stage, they just seemed to... How about to... any stage? <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, they were 9-7 and seven last year. Yeah. Were they? Yeah. 9-7. and seven. So they, they didn't fail the whole season. They gave us a little bit of hope, but... It just seems, the minute I heard it was Monday Night Football, I went, oh, no, no. And the minute I heard it was this kid, rookie, youngest rookie ever. 21 and some months old. Uh, I went, oh, no, he's just going to have, he's going to have the night of his life. And he did. And he did. People were were all over Patricia um, after the game. Uh, Whatever. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. It's one game. But I, I like to look at it this way. It's been like almost 10 years since they were 0-16. When they were arguing, has it been almost ten years? About that, is yeah. that true? About that, I think it was eight. Oh, I thought it was 08, the 08, year 09. before last year. It feels like that. It, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, okay. But it's been a while, and during that time, they were one of the three or four worst franchises in the league, and it's taken them that long from Jim Schwartz to them then 
Jim Caldwell. I feel mm-hmm. like there's somebody else in there. Like, they got to mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Now they're like in a really bothersome spot where it's seven wins, it's eight wins. Yeah, you know, right. you get to the playoffs one mm-hmm. year as they did, and then they lose. They they're, they're right in the middle now, like where the Pistons are at. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating, and that's why when people are like, "We shouldn't have fired Caldwell. He just got us to the yeah," but it's like you want to get to the next level, mm-hmm. and you hope that Patricia can do that. And there's no way Stafford will play this bad again. Not no, but you know, I've I've heard some interesting theories. Okay. I heard that um, Patricia is not on the same page with his veteran people. Could be, and that they're not liking him a whole lot. Guess what? The veterans stink. Well, okay, there is that. There is that. Then you just say, well, what is you know, what have you done for us lately anyway? Right. I heard that because um, Stafford is so highly paid, they haven't been able to surround him with quality players yep okay and i i i get that because he is isn't he the highest paid quarterback in well he might funny. be since he signed that deal he's become like the third or fourth because okay of like aaron Rodgers, matt ryan jimmy garoppolo here's why the the stafford thing is a hang-up because he and indomitian sue were drafted when you could all un, under the previous collective bargaining agreement where you could Basically, you were forced to pay rookies this exorbitant amount of money. So that established a baseline. Rookies coming into the league now are slotted. So uh, they 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 get a, a maximum amount, and they it's very there's very little to negotiate except for like some some detail language and nuance. So Matthew Stafford came into the league without ever have playing a game and was richer than three quarters of the league. So he was never going to make less than that. It was always going to go up and mm-hmm. up and up. Okay. So, but the salary cap keeps going up. Okay. Well, I, you know, those are the things that I've been hearing when I watch sports shows lately that they just say, um, you know, he's not surrounded with good people. They're not, but they should be good enough to look better than they did yeah. Monday night. I, I was shocked. They should be good enough. I mean, they're in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're good enough to not look like amateurs. Like the Patriots were playing them? Yeah. It just, it was really, it really was embarrassing. And they said at the end of the game, it appeared they had even given up. Yeah. Um, so I, that makes me mad because they're they're making boatloads of money. And okay, at least, you know, give it more than your all. Because um, you're playing a game that you love and you're getting gobs of money to do it. So at least put on a better show. I can't believe they and left Stafford in it as long as they did. They did, yeah. But they brought out, is it Matt Castle? They brought him out. Yeah. And, he threw an inter- <laughs> he threw an interception. Get in on like, the party. Oh, it was yeah, oh, it was just it just wasn't I was I was nervous the whole day. And my husband, you know, around about the six o'clock hour, he said, You getting ready for the game? And I said, I am, but I'm nervous. And he said, You're being silly. You're just being you know, it's gonna be the Lions are gonna win. It's gonna be eighteen it's gonna, fifteen. Yeah, it's gonna be ugly, right. but the, the Lions will get the win. The kid'll be good and they'll you know, the Jets fans will be happy enough that the kid was good and but the Lions will still win. And I went, Oh, I think you could be mistaken. You've had too many years watching the Patriots and so you know what good is. And this ain't it. My so. only my only doubt is that while Mr. Ford passed away and his his widow is overseeing things and different kids are now watching it. There's a new GM. It's still the same family and a family that's that's made a lot of incorrect decisions mm-hmm. for, for for decades. Yeah, for decades. Uh, um, the other thing about Matt Patricia, I didn't realize on Bill Belichick's tree of it's coaches. It's poor. Yeah, they they haven't done well. So that makes me a little nervous. Uh, you know what I was um, kind of surprised by? Like I. Did you were you you were aware of him before the Lions brought him on board? Yes, yes. Okay, I was wondering as he rose up the potential head coaching ranks, how what he was going to look like as a head coach. I mean, physically. Oh, and he was a little less unkempt when I saw him at like press conferences mm-hmm. and stuff. And then remember the thing with the uh, the rape allegation? Yeah, like he he. he I was shocked. He was backwards hat and and scruffy beard on Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, I, somebody, I, one of the sports people gave him a description and said, he looks like the guy who should be at your local tavern serving up yeah. Guinness. And I don't care what you uh, look like. If you're a good head coach, <laughs> I mean, look at Bill Belichick. I know, He I looks know. homeless. And he does, he does. Um, you know, he just has so many sweatshirts with the sleeves cut off, right. and he's perfectly happy with that look. So I don't know. I was hoping you were going to talk me off the ledge today, but um, I there's not really too much to talk about in terms of, 
what do I see as a bright future for the Lions? They're uh, uh, they have a br- brutal schedule coming up. Um, but I things get weird. People get hurt on other teams, and things don't. I thought the Jets were like one of the easiest on their on the, at home Monday night. Yeah, like you don't get any more hyped up. Than yeah, they'll win. I mean, the schedule's tough. So I would say at bare minimum they win six games, and that would be a bad season. But they're just a mediocre yeah. team now. They win seven. I mean, maybe that game instead of winning nine because they lost Monday. Maybe they win nine instead. Maybe they win eight instead of nine. But we'll see. Okay. Well, it, it, I mean, it was a gut punch for sure. <sighs> when did you bail on the Tigers? Oh, weeks ago <laughs> like when they April. Were, yeah, it was I? <laughs> you know, again, my husband's a Red Sox fan, and so that's it's been a very exciting season for him because he's excited. I'm excited, so I've been paying attention to them. Um, no, I. I kind of left them probably in late June or early July, and then when they started talking about who they were going to get rid of, I just went, "Oh, forget it. We're just we're folding up the tent." So did you follow any any baseball all summer? Um, well, I did watch the Mud Hens. We were pretty excited about them. I just. I don't know why they couldn't close the deal at the very end. But, I was uh, they won the first game and they yeah, lost the next three. And they were looking so good when mm-hmm. they were winning. So that made me. Uh, any other teams that I've been paying attention Cubs? to? I do, just to see where they are. Okay. But I, I don't get really excited about any of that until it's you know go-to time and it's uh, the World Series time and where is everybody? I mean, how fun would it be to have the Red Sox and the Cubs? Yeah. How fun would that be? That would be like a win-win for me. It, it would be, a, a, I think, good for baseball fans across yep. the country. Um, so, yeah, I you know, I, I checked in the other night when Verlander was pitching against the Tigers. Did he cry walking off the mound or something? <laughs> did he? I don't know. I didn't see that. I didn't he did. I didn't see that. I, I know, um, like, because, yeah, first time back as yeah, an opponent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are, that, you know, and I pay attention to the Pistons. All right, that's the la- last thing. Okay. Almost. Well, other than Michigan. Okay, we can do that. All right. Uh, so, Pistons. How am I feeling about it? Pistons, uh, I guess camp starts in, in a couple of weeks. Season yeah. usually starts around Halloween. Mm-hmm. It, they they should, you can never count on a full season of Blake Griffin because he's always mm-hmm. getting hurt. I wish you hadn't said that, but okay. It, it, that's one. That's, I know. I mean, and. I get why they did the move. They needed a star to pack that building because it was really kind of dead. They were uninteresting. They can't really sign players. So it's a move they had to they had yeah. to make. I wouldn't have done it. I would have tried to build a team another way. And then you had Stan Van Gundy, who I think is a wonderful personality, but he's a, a and probably a good coach but a bad GM. He was making moves for the for the next coach mm-hmm. and gave away some picks. So it's same with the Lions, like. The Pistons are squarely in the middle, like yeah. at the sixth or the seventh or the eighth seed. How do you feel Which, about them this year? Well, I'll take that. I'll take sixth, seventh, or eighth because at least maybe then they'll be in the playoffs. But I, you know, I hate to see them get swept. No more LeBron. It, well, this is true. This is true. But you know, we got Kawhi Leonard in Toronto now, right. and they're going to be a good team. Yeah. Uh, Celtics are a good team. And the Sixers. Uh, Sixers are a good team, and then there's one other team. Who maybe else Washington. Is there? Maybe or maybe Milwaukee, Milwaukee or Indiana See, this or one is why of those. I like yeah, sports, you know this stuff. Yeah, so I'm I'm okay with them being at the bottom somewhere. I just want them to be in the top eight. That's all I'm. At. Although is this the year? Is this the year we switch to? Uh, no, everything's the same. Everything is the same. What, yep. When do we go to that where it's just the top, top 16. sixteen players? They've doesn't just, matter where they're from. They've just discussed it. Okay, it, so it's not carved in stone yet. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm okay with that. I uh, I just I just saw my Fox uh, is going to be running every one of their games. Okay, I'm pretty excited about that. So I watch all of those. I hope they stay, at the very least stay entertaining. Stay, stay, and stay entertaining do, and, and do, do well. That, stay, they have to stay healthy, right? Well, that's key. Reggie Jackson can be exciting and, and win games, and he, then he turns an ankle, and we don't see him for six months. Yeah, but he Drummond and Blake Griffin are are that that's a you know top the definite top eight team, maybe a top six team in the East. But two of them are frequently injured. Right, injured, yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 a realist about them too. I'm semi excited for the season to start as I always am. But then as it goes along and they, you know, they lose to the Orlando's and mm-hmm. the I I go, what are you doing? Right. Why why can't you win these silly games? Mm-hmm. Um so we'll see what happens. Um all right. And Michigan? I yi yi. <laughs> I don't I don't follow college football okay. very closely anymore, but 
I don't like Michigan fans a whole lot. Well, they can be pretty rowdy and rude, but so can Ohio State fans. You know, there's but they've won. They have. This is true. To this me, is true. Michigan fans act very entitled for a program. They shouldn't anymore. It's been a long time right. since they. You know, it's been quite a while now since they've had a really good rock and roll season. They're, so they're more like a top fifteen okay. team now. Yeah. Then I think that right now they might be seventeen. I mean, like overall. Yeah. Okay. Like 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 yeah. prestige of program. Yep. Um. What did I, I? I've heard some fun stats that Harbaugh is twenty eight and twelve. Brady Hoke started twenty eight and twelve, and I think since. Either 2003 or 2006, they've only beaten Ohio State once. I mean, it's not even yeah. a rivalry. Sorry to no. rub all this in. No, you're, uh, again, I, you're not telling me anything I don't know. The guy who got in trouble and got let go from the Big Ten Network because he said some very disparaging Braylon things. Braylon Edwards? Yes. He was a Michigan receiver. Right. I can't believe they let him go. Well. He told the truth. He did tell the truth. It's just, as I say to my husband often about, you know, I say it's not. The message it's the way you delivered it he, was he wasn't he what well, okay <laughs> that never helps either he didn't curse um, anybody out no he didn't he didn't um but he probably should have just kept all of his his criticisms to harbaugh of which you can there's a lot to criticize there i mean they're just not getting the job done um but it's uh, you know it's pretty tough though when you take on young players and you name them and you say what they did i wish more people would do that in the professional um, oh, they do. Uh, yeah, well, they do pretty much. But uh, yeah, it was kind of. I just I'm very frustrated with Michigan. I really am. It's just um, not the team of my misspent youth. Yeah, that's I, for sure. I, I I hate to say this, and I don't know if there's ever been a discussion because I I don't listen to sports talk radio as much as I used to. I listen to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. but if I hear any college football talk, I immediately shut it off. Okay. Um, there should probably be some resetting of expectate of program expectations at Michigan. And because, like I said, they're not the top five team that they were right. with with Schembechler, yeah. and even for Lloyd Carr a little bit. And this discussion is probably happening at Texas as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know I don't know what what you can what Michigan can do to be different about it. I mean, I thought Harbaugh was a really good recruiter and um, should have good ta- as certainly as good a talent as they do at Ohio State. But I don't, I don't think so. No. Okay. No. Okay. Maybe not that tier. Maybe that's right. tier one, Ohio State, and places like Michigan, um, maybe tier two or three now. Like there, it's like at least in the Big Ten, it's it's that it's it's Ohio State, uh, and then I mean Wisconsin has built a, a wonderful program. They're consistently mm-hmm. top ten, but I would say it's like Ohio State, and then you know Penn State or Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan are all kind of clumped together and move around and then sometimes Iowa pops up in there but when you think about it from the nation you know you got Oregon's and Auburn's mm-hmm. and Alabama's and uh USC's Clemson's and Clemson's. yeah, yeah. Like, there was mm-hmm. the, there were, did you even know Clemson existed until like 1990 something no. like there was no. no Clemson to talk about during Bo Schembeck Shem- right right yeah. So all these so all these other programs have have slowly whittled away talent from that used to just walk into Michigan and everybody still expects 11 wins and that's why I say resetting happening. expectations. Who do they play this week, do you know? Um somebody not good, so they I should win. Yeah, they should. I I don't remember who it is right now. UT mm-hmm. plays UT welcomes Miami. Yeah. There was a neat little story in the Blade today about how they got Miami to come to the Glass Bowl. I guess there was some uh uh, sports, some athletic directors that had crossed paths before and they kept the home and home because UT was down there last year. The other fun thing is all the Florida kids who are on UT's team. Yeah. L- loads of Florida from the Miami area. So that's kind of a fun piece of it. Um, we, we, I guess we get like their second rate kids. I mean, not well, a knock, but. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the, the Floridas, the Miamis, the Florida States. And UCF, yeah, uh, like they pick the kids, and then uh, you know yeah, the what's other kids. left over. You like, can do. I want to go be third, the third string cornerback at Florida State, or do I want to start at UT? Yeah, I want to start at UT. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, so yeah, it's exciting. I'm very excited. I'll be watching the game from home on television, um, but I'm excited about that. We're looking forward okay. to that. We have that time carved out to to do that. Um, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society light the night walk October 14th. Yes. In the evening, come down between 05 and 6, 
feed yourself, have fun with the kids, do some cool things with them, listen to the music. I will come over. Meet some people and get a lantern. Everybody gets a lantern and just go outside and watch it against the beautiful uh, sky of Promenade Park and... Uh, uh, in my case, think about just how lucky I am, mm-hmm. how blessed and lucky I am. I'm lucky. I'm glad we're friends. Oh, you're the best because you like to talk to me about sports because uh, I love to talk about sports. I, I really do. And, I, and you're uh-huh. like I said, I mean it. Like you're like my Toledo mom now. <laughs> you're really the only person I want to talk to, to sports about. Like, there's nobody else that I could have yanked in here and said. Like and don't forget Kawhi Leonard too. Like, what, who are you? And don't forget Milwaukee too, the Greek freak. This is the MVP year. That's okay. you. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's a sickness. My husband says. It's not a sickness. I mean, I actually watch preseason basketball. That's he a thinks sickness. that's an absolute illness yeah, on my should, part. You need more uh, immunotherapy. Yeah, I do. I do. But um, what did you? Uh, what you think of this? This was yeah, fun. I told you. Because it's just it's never ending, yeah. and you can talk about whatever you want. Exactly. Oh, and it, yeah, this is wow. I hope this is the wave of the future. It, it kind of is. I was, I was watching. You do Netflix stuff. I do. Okay, so I'm watching one of my Marvel things, The Iron Fist. Mm, comic character. Okay, it's been a good series so far. Uh, it's been a good second season, but it was kind of neat. The one of the one of the characters in, in, in the show said, "I was you know the other day I was listening to this podcast and I was like, that's so cool. Like you don't hear that that yeah. often." Uh, like, well, my children. Are all podcast yeah. listeners? That's how. Uh, the other day, I was at my daughter's house. Uh, her fiance was making dinner, and he had a headset in. And I said, "What is Zach listening to?" And she said, "Some sort of podcast, maybe about even what we might be having for dinner." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they—that's the way they get a lot of their information. Uh, their music is, you know, all streamed, streamed everything. Yeah. yeah, I've I've seen in people as I've tried to promote this podcast. The word podcast hasn't been as scary technologically as many people used to encounter with their VCRs. Wow. Is that true? Remember how people would be like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you know, 12 was blinking yeah. all the time. Like, and you never know how to fix it. Or, right. or, or like, my, my dad would look at my iPhone and be like terrified. Yeah. Um, like that kind of scare. But um, like when you say podcast to people, like they get it. So somehow, some way the word has resonated with people and they understand it without you explaining them like and some of the things that we were asked or forced to do with what we were doing before. So podcast is not a scary word and it makes, makes my job easier and easier for anybody who wants to get something out there and do it. The tough part is talking about it is talking on the podcast. No, not to me it isn't. No, because well, what uh, we do. Yeah, yeah. I love to, you, you want to have me back? I'll be here Whenever in a shot. In. Okay. Whenever you want to come in. Okay. Okay, well, thanks again. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. This has been a Cumulus Media and Q105 collaboration. Three unicorns were harmed and lost their rainbows and horns in the production process. <laughs> we use cookies for various purposes, like eating and flavor for protein shakes. And you have agreed to this and all other secret policies by enjoying the preceding audio content. Which we highly encourage you to hashtag subscribe and share. You can click here for all other legal crap. And now hit skip intro to go to the next podcast. Just kidding. It's the see more episodes option in your app. Q105.